Hello and welcome to episode 27 of The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. G'day, Terry. G'day, BJ. How are we? Not too bad. Quite well, actually. How's, uh, how's the battle at the moment? Um, how's the battle? What, the punt? The punt. How's the, the punt? punt. Oh, the punt. The punt's going okay. Okay. We're finding a little bit of momentum again. My... Uh, the HQ form, uh, headquarters form, um, Belmont Ascot's been probably a little bit cold the last uh, six weeks mainly or so, but the country form's been strong, so we've just got to get the momentum up and get the, the city form back, but uh, we have a very um, open race meet to, uh, to digest and uh, to get through today, Bernard. We do. There's a, there's a bit of racing coming up. It's the WA Day long weekend ahead, mm. so... Um, racing uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, and as well as obviously the Belmont meeting today. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. But firstly, do you know what Monday is? What's that? Well, some people think it's the uh, Northern Traders Sprint, but it's actually the day the Italian job wins his second race in the space of about eleven days. Bj. All right, we're going to record a podcast, especially. I think we could, we could consider it. I think we could consider it. I think he's drawn barrier 17 with 61 and a half, so I can't see much that can go wrong personally. <laughs> Straight to the front for the Italian mm. job. See you back in the showers. Straight to the top. Exactly right. Yeah, well, good luck on Monday, Terry, to, to you, you and uh, the Kingsman Syndicate and mm. the Pierce Brothers with uh, the Italian job. Um, if, he wins, if he wins again, we might have to replace Dig Deep as our 1-1 logo icon. Uh, I, think, I think we need to calm down a little bit, BJ. <laughs> All right, moving on. Good. It was good to catch up with some uh, some rusted on one one listeners and all round WA racing fanatics last Sunday, Terry. It certainly was. It was a uh, a big old day at the um, geez, what pub? I can't remember. Fenway. Fenway at the Fenway in Subiaco. It was good good enough to put on a little private function with sub twenty people. Uh, plenty of hand sanitizer there, and uh, luckily. We combined for a uh, a few winners. I think uh, we uh, Cripper was a little bit disappointed there wasn't more of a celebration. He thought with a, a room of fairly rowdy and uh, well lubricated men that uh, there might have been a fair uh, ride home for rapid eye movement, which the entirety of the the venue was on in the last there at Kalgoorlie. But um, maybe we just knew it was such a good thing there wasn't that much excitement. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a little bit subdued considering mm. the um, it was the the uh, the Kalgoorlie equivalent of the Get Out Stakes, and uh, <laughs> yeah, surprised it wasn't roared home with a bit more enthusiasm. But it got the got the cash for everyone, so that was especially good. Con- especially considering how much would have been on. I reckon throughout that room, I reckon there would have been a couple of bucks on uh, <laughs> on Kira Kira Yule's uh, shoulders. Notice the pronunciation there, BJ. I did. I did. We'll, we'll mm. get to that. Get to yep. that shortly. So yeah, it was a it was a cracking day all round. The only issue that that I had was um, <laughs> some of the fellas knocked off my brand new one one merchandise, Terry. Mm. Yes, yes. Now we uh, we got to thank uh, Daniel Sadik at uh, at Mecca Sports in Joondalup, um, quickly becoming the state's number one supplier of sportswear and sports gear and. Anything sports related. He uh, did up a little bit of uh, gear for the 1 1 pod, um, which I took to BJ, his share of the gear on uh, on Sunday, and we'll get some for listeners. We'll, we'll get all that sorted out in weeks to come. Um, but what happened? Where, where is all your gear, BJ? Well, we've got a few walking billboards around at the moment because the <laughs> um, uh, after a few beers, the boys um, got stuck into. Uh, 
the one one merch. So Luke Fernie's rocking a one one beanie at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Keith, big thanks to Pat for organising the day. He uh, he's got one of our flash one one jackets on, and Kieran Peary's got uh, pinched one of my trucker hats. So there's a few of the lads around that have that have got. Uh, uh, the early access to the one-one gear and very happy with themselves on Sunday night, I think. But um, tell you what, me and uh, me and Kieran were stiff to go down in the pool competition too. I thought uh, we took some of the early fifties. People were laughing at our chances, and uh, yeah, a little, little bit stiff to uh, go down in a photo um, in the uh, in the Fenway WA Racing one-one pod pool competition. <laughs> It was a hard fought contest, wasn't it? So yeah, it was bread bags. Um, I think I think Mick Chav might have knocked us off. Actually, it's all a little bit shady by that stage of proceedings, but uh, you, yeah, all the all the names. It was a real who's who of WA Racing Twitter uh, <laughs> at uh, at Fenway on Sunday, but it was a, it was a good day. And and just further to what Terry was saying about the uh, the merchandise, we'll be we'll be getting some one one gear made up, and maybe perhaps some competitions and some giveaways, mm-hmm. and uh, it'll be good good to get some of that out amongst our listeners, Guru. Definitely, definitely. It's good stuff. Daniel's done a tremendous job. And just looking outside this weather now, the beanies and the hoodies and the jackets are, are certainly not going to go uh, not going to go astray in this weather. Cool. Well, stay tuned, listeners. We'll we'll get onto that in the weeks ahead. So, I've got to ask you though, Terry, is this the Belmont Sprint edition of the One One WA Racing Podcast or the Welcome Back Windstorm edition? What are we rolling with? Oh, let's go with option two, I think. Um, yeah, the, the big fella's back finally after the uh, – after I just wrote my uh, – I actually got the preview done for uh, Betfair this morning just because I might have a lack of time this afternoon. And um, yeah, I just wrote a big long spiel about Winston without actually even saying anything really. He's um, <laughs> a bit short to get into, but uh, excited to see uh, to see him back, he certainly found a nice little, uh, a difficult little race to return in. So, uh, um, yeah, very excited. That that's the whole as good as the Belmont Sprint is. With the the Windstorm uh, race and the Windstorm return is the highlight of the day for me. Yeah, I'm with you there, and um, and uh, we uh, we're slowly but surely getting sort of sucked back into the cerise and white vortex, Terry. Mm. Um, and speaking of the vortex, I never left it. Super exciting four year old showmanship. He launched, jumped out of the ground late to score um, quite a strong win first up at Belmont last Saturday. What did you make of showmanship's return? Um, thoughts on. Where you th- where you think this guy can get to? He looks looks like he's got some gears. Yeah, it was a funny old race with uh, War Secrets went about as hard as Luke did on Sunday and um, put a fair bit of uh, put a fair bit of speed uh, and pace into the race, which was. Um it was good, but made it a very interesting affair. I mean, really, you got to say the run of Sir Mambo was just as as big, if not bigger, mm. than Showmanship. So, look, I think the effort of Showmanship was very good. It'll run all the the quickest final splits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think a horse returning from such a long spell to be able to be gassed throughout the run because he was chasing um, start to finish. Um, to be able to do that and and still win like that, I think there's I think there's going to be further improvement and. Um, and probably in a, in a slower run race. So while I don't think aesthetically it was as pleasing uh, as some of the Cerise and White wins we've seen from the likes of Showmanship and Windstorm, um, I still think it's a big campaign ahead for him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He was sort of – he was taken out of his comfort zone, forced mm. to chase – um, sort of wanted to sort of lay in a touch in the well, straight when, as well. Well, when he pulled the stick, he pulled the stick at about the 250, 300 – 
I thought this is gone. Like, it, it's, yeah. it was just it was yeah. unusual for Pikey to pull the stick before he's um he's balanced him up. I thought I think Pikey might have even thought I'm in a bit of strife here. Mm. Uh, either that, or he just needed to get his mind on the job. But usually. With Pikey, he's a real gear rider. You'll see him go through first, second, third, fourth, and then when he's up to fifth bang, we'll use the um, shillelagh as the as the last resort. Um, but that came out very early, and that's when I thought, ah, we're in a bit of strife here. But the class prevailed. Sure did. It it did seem like the place to be on the day too, didn't it, mm. Terry? Uh, mm. Rail was true at Belmont last Saturday, and but there that middle section of the of the straight. Was, is where most of the winners came from, and uh, that's where Showmanship and Sir Mambo ended up, and they um, they were both you know very good very good runs, but yeah, obviously he's a, he's a star in the making, Showmanship, and it just you know sometimes it's like a good footy team, sometimes you got to win ugly, and I think uh, that was a bit of what happened with Showmanship to the eye, I guess, last Saturday. So he just mm-hmm. found a way to get the job done. Uh, in a similar vein, really, um, is Charlton Eddie. He um, he sort of fell in in, in a oh. way. Um, um, but uh, he was it was his he ended his two year old campaign with a really hard fought win his fourth straight victory fin- um, he uh, he'll no doubt be set for races like the Belgravia Stakes and WA Guineas in the spring he's a he's a pretty pretty good horse too Charlton Eddie we've got a good batch of youngsters coming through the ranks. Yeah, we certainly do. I actually, um, when he got into, I think he traded late about a dollar eighteen type mark. Um, I was pretty keen to take him on then. A two year old coming off a little setback at the gates, a gap between runs, deep into a prep, carrying some weight. So I was, uh, I was cheering against him. Yeah, yeah, I was cheering against him pretty hard at the finish. Dad's, Dad's big headed each way. Got out to sort of thirty five, forty to one, something type thing late. So there was a little uh, moment of enthusiasm. For myself, uh, late on, but I uh, know you got the job done, and as you said, some good horses just know how to to win and win ugly. Speaking of good horses, mm. Resort Man, uh, he was the only leader. I mean, Charlton Eddie raced outside leader, basically led, but mm-hmm. Resort Man was the only horse to rail and lead and win at uh, at Belmont last Saturday. Just about the best performance from a speed rating point of view uh, by Vince Cardi's daily sectional times. He's now unbeaten in uh, three starts, sets up a ripping rack into a stakes contest next Saturday, which could have the likes of uh, KC as well mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and Laverod. So, wow, that's going to be an outstanding prelude to the Belmont Guineas next month. Yeah, very exciting stuff. That uh, that is a race I'm very much um, looking forward to. Very hard to line a lot of those up, and I think I think KC will probably be susceptible first up at the fourteen hundred. But um, oh, just yeah, very much looking forward to um, the raconteur. Yeah, and it it's I, I think I messaged you um, on WhatsApp last Saturday, but it's. It's starting to get a bit ridiculous now for Kira Yule, isn't it? She booted home mm. another another city double last Saturday, resort man, as we mentioned, and um, the Jordan Cup winner, Freeze Him Off, came to town, and, geez, he was strong um, in a staying <sighs> contest, wasn't he? Unbelievable. <laughs> was never losing in mm. the run. Well, was never losing. In saying that, there was two horses that were going to Quinella at a long way out, Utgard, Lockie and, and Freeze Him Off were both travelling um, like the winners in the run, but, uh, yeah, they're just uh, absolutely flying for uh, – 
Kira at the minute, and um, I'm extremely surprised. So this isn't uh, something we'd plan to discuss, but I'm extremely surprised that she doesn't have a ride uh, in the Belmont Sprint. There's been a lot of pickup uh, rides that have been handed out left, right, and centre, and I just think that um, a lot of trainers need to probably look at who the form jockeys in the state are at the moment. Maybe one of the form three, two jockeys in the state at the moment. Uh, I think Kira should be getting a uh, a lot more rides. She's riding like a demon and they are absolutely flying for her as well. Good. And and we did get some we did get uh a ruling on the Kira Kyra situation, mm. Terry. And I see I see that you've fallen into line. You, you're, That's not, you're not you're not sticking with, with, with Kyra. I thought you might have just held your ground there, but um but it is we it was confirmed on Twitter thanks to Peter McCormack, friend of the podcast. And uh, might be a guest in the coming weeks as well. And um, and Kira, you obviously jumped on Twitter just to let us know that that's the correct pronunciation. Although she did say she doesn't mind how you say it as long as she's booting home winners, Guru. Yes, I think we're all uh, we're all happy with that. If she's uh, booting home winners as well, well, if we're on them, of course. <laughs> yes. yes, that helps. Um, racing diary time. So we're recording at eleven thirty-five a.m. Thursday, May 28. Um, we've got a, I think it's a Northern at Belmont, but it's a Belmont meeting this afternoon. Belmont mm-hmm. Sprint Day or Welcome Back Windstorm Day on Saturday, whichever is your preference. Uh, we're about to dive into the preview shortly. Pinjara on Sunday and uh, the Northern Racing Club, they make their return on the WA Day public holiday meeting this Monday, long weekend. Um, so there's a bit bit happening on the WA Racing front. Hopefully we can uh, we can find a few winners along the way. Uh, big thanks to our awesome sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. The Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. They are offering um, lunches and um, and meals uh, in the venue for a maximum of 20 people at a time. So that is, uh, bookings are essential if you want to d- uh, drop in and see the crew at the Mundaring Hotel for a feed or a frothy, give in Butchie O'Connor a call. Let him know you're a one-one listener. Don't forget, they are also still running their takeaway and delivery food and beverage options. So, hopefully, the restrictions will be eased a bit more in uh, weeks to come, which will allow um, allow the Mundaring to start getting a few more people back through the door. Then we have Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and the crew, um, good mob out there at Market City Meats. Drop in. Let, also, let them know that you listen to the podcast. Uh, they'll take care of you. Market City Meats sponsor our extremely popular Get Out Stakes competition. Congrats to last week's winner, Charles McWaddy. He was nearest the pin with his son of Bacchus selection, knocking off previous Get Out Stakes winner, Matt Sheridan, and friend of the podcast, Chris Nelson, by the barest of margin. Those lads were very stiff not to get their hands on uh, gourmet beef package from Market City Meats, Terry. Did Chris let you know about it on uh, Sunday as well? Yeah, he asked to see the photo finish, um, <laughs> and I think yeah, the developed print, and he was he was satisfied with the, that there was a margin there. But, uh, yeah, very, very unlucky, and I don't think that's the first time that's happened to Chris Nelson as well. But um, it is... Um, it is, uh, it is all about the two decimal places, Terry, mm. which is why it's very important you send them through. So, uh, But we'll get on to that, the finer details of the Get Out Stakes competition before we preview race nine on Belmont Sprint Day, 
Finally, if you want to read uh, our previews online, if you want to read Terry's stuff, jump on the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au. Terry's analysis and betting strategies are available for all. And my pre-markets preview, the leg up, is uh, was published at 7 a.m. on bestbets.com.au as well as the Oz Race website. So if you want our previews in written form, that's where you can find them. Time to move on to Terry's weekly discussion on how he feels as though the track is going to play. What have you got for the listeners this week? Well, first of all, I think the most important thing we haven't just had to discuss for a uh, preview in a while is the track rating, BJ. There was uh, up to 40 mil forecast for tomorrow, tomorrow being Friday. Um, that's come down to around 15 to 20. 8 to 20. 8 to 20, um, yeah. It's been downgraded this morning to a soft seven, so we're racing today, or today in about forty minutes on a uh, on a soft seven. Look, I, I'm allowing uh, for I'd say a similar rating, but it could be um, it could even be in the heavy category, pending uh, pending how heavy that rain does come tomorrow. The fact Saturday's a little bit dry should allow. Um, uh, should allow a potential upgrade, but uh, somewhere from soft six to heavy eight. And while the Belmont service is playing like it is, um, we are just going to continue to allow for fair race tracks, BJ. All right, so let's get cracking on this Belmont Sprint Day card, the opening event of the day, 11.58 a.m., Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, over 1,000 metres. Terry, take us off. Yeah, this is a uh, really interesting little start to the day, actually. Um, excited to see a couple, well, excited to see the return of position of power. Now, BJ, the uh, position of power, similar colours, same colours, Paris and George? Same same colours, same colours, same stable, so same, same ownership. Yeah. Yes, definitely the same. Definitely the same stable and uh, jockey. Wasn't sure if it was the same ownership group, but uh, look, just have to um, have to have a quick chat. I feel about uh, that ride last week on Paris and George. I. What's a nice way to put this? I think that's potentially that's probably the worst ride of of twenty twenty. Um, to take a horse who is is. His style of racing is—it's uh, quite well known. He's only got only had a short career today, but he's quite his style of racing is quite well known. He's a what I like to call a gears horse rather than an acceleration horse. Um, you just you want to keep him off the fence. You don't want to ask him to go between runners. For him to be jagged from fourteen to the fence and and held out the gates as well, I felt that was just madness. He could have showed a bit of aggression from the gates. It was always going to be three and four word lines in that type of race. Um, he would have taken a pretty average ride from 14 to having to be leading one of those two lines. But to end up back on the fence, to then not push out at the top of the straight or at least follow pro consent where the big gap was um, and to go back in, in underneath runners, gave it a couple of hits and people thought, oh, it didn't go that well. He, he was never given a chance to go through his gears. He just didn't. It was just a in a $100,000 race. It was just a careless ride. It was just a nothing ride. I have no, I have no real interest. Now I'm back on the fence. It's all over. I give well, up. Type well, thing. and... Backed off the map too, wasn't he, Power of St. George? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even talking from the, the pocket that much. I had a little bit early um, when it was above three to one, but I um, I refused to, to go again um, below three to one for a horse that was going to get well back and have to run past the majority of them. That was always too short for me. So for once, I'm not even talking out of the pocket. It was just a... It was just a nothing right. Like he just just yeah, didn't try. I, like I, I think the crucial part of the race is he just needed to do more to... Be three wide with in the three wide line with cover. Oh. It just sort of sort of meekly surrendered that spot to on red alert and and if he had have 
held bit been a bit more aggressive and he might not wanted to get the horse fired up i'm not sure but if he had been a bit more aggressive and tried to hold the back of gifted warrior geez he would have got the sweet toe into the race i don't um, even you know i don't even mind that as much it's it's the top of the straight where he goes to push out and i think he would have got underneath kira uh who ran second on hot style i reckon he would have been a, yeah. been able to push out um and if he's able to let down and really go through those gears for the entire um the entire length of the straight I, this might sound like a stretch but i reckon he would have won the race I reckon him yeah. hitting top gear, he would be going two to their one and he would definitely be out sprinting. Um, he actually had pro consents back uh, just before the bend. So, yeah, just uh, I just I just don't think he knew the horse. If, I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's ended up running the fourth quickest last 200 metres of the race and he's basically sat up on him over the last 100 metres because he was going to end up um, going up asses. So, look, disappointed um, with the effort put into the ride. The thought process is probably the most important part of that that, that probably gets to me. Um, there's going to be plenty of errors. We're going to sit wide. We're going to go too hard at in front, but just riding a horse completely against its strengths and never really showing an interest in, in utilising those strengths is something that, um, that gets me and uh, that got me BJ. But I feel a lot better for it being off my chest now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought he got to be early. That was my, my take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a, the it was a pretty, pretty easy ride. Um, in like the way the track was playing, yep. um, just all you need to do was just give him. He's a, just a big, raw, long striding horse with a lot to learn. Just the rail, just putting him back on the rail was was uh, wasn't ideal. And then um, he sort of wasn't able to, as you said, work through his gears from there. But regardless, the Pontiff. Um, Gets a chance to uh, redeem himself mm. um, on position of power on Saturday. I've, <laughs> I, I've I've got him on top. What about you, Terry? He had a chance to redeem himself with me. Uh, I think with you as well on uh, Carlton Castle yesterday when he uh, when he stood in the gates as well. So <laughs> we might we might give him a, a third chance to redeem himself, a second chance. Sorry to redeem himself here, but um, never never lose faith in the Pontiff. No, 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 never lose faith in the Pontiff. That's uh, one of the oldest sayings in WA racing, isn't it? Uh, look. I, I have him on top in a market sense. Uh, I think um, I think the four dollars sixty, four dollars eighty at the moment looks like a reasonable price. But I found this a very difficult race to mark. Um, we've got Taj Mali coming from Kalgoorlie. I'm a big Taj Mali fan. Um, I, I know the stable got a big opinion of him as well. Um, of her, sorry, as well. Um, so it's hard to mark these horses coming from the country uh, to city events for the first time, or well, first time since she was a, a two-year-old at least. And then you got like a Jaguar who has been running um, in some of those sharp three-year-old events, a uh, really nice second to Miss Kentucky midweek um, just over a fortnight ago. So it's, it's, it's interesting with all these uh, different form lines clashing here. But the, the two I have on top, just ahead of like a Jaguar, who is a clear third for me, um, uh, Taj Mali and position of power. Uh, I think you'll see Taj Mali work across to the outside of Q Balling. Uh, Q Balling's trial, it's it's gone up favourite. I don't really understand that. It, it is a form stable at the moment, but the trial was just, unless they were foxing in the trial, the trial was really bad. Uh, sat 1-1, one of the first horses beaten, battled away. Well, position of power was in the same trial. Yeah. And it, and it was it was chalk and cheese, wasn't exactly it? Exactly so, right. Chalk mm. and cheese. That's well said. I might use that mm. one. Um, it's, yeah, it just didn't go very well. Uh, it went poorly um, when it was a big drifter, uh, first up on the 25th of April behind Riverbow as well. Yeah, it's just very difficult to come at Q Belling uh, on that. So one thing I like about Taj Mali here, and I think 
the key for Taj Mahal is Q Balling finding the top. If Due West is desperate to lead, if the Pope Mignon is desperate to lead with Due West, um, Q Balling sits in the death as a chance. Taj Mahal might even get caught deep, um, even though there's only seven in it from the wide gate. That does worry me. Um, one thing I really like about Taj Mahal is she looks like um, a real fighter. She gets to the front. Mm. When, when she's when there's a bit of pressure applied, uh, you go back to her two runs. One of them she did lose with Chris Nickel on top. Um, she really knuckles down for a fight and gets going again. I think that's the type of horse that will really suit William Pike and his hard style of riding. Um, yeah, well, I mean, she the, the form through pastry has to read well. He, she um, That horse ran... Third in the did it run third in the provincial championship it, final last Saturday. It ran third. All the form through yeah. that um, that Sky Channel heat, uh, the Sky Series heat in Kalgoorlie is huge. I mean, you got Indian Chan mm. who didn't perform all that well last start coming from that race, but that all that form could end up being um, city form. Just because the race is in Kalgoorlie doesn't mean it's a great form reference. So um, re- yeah. really keen that she goes forward, lands outside the lead, but position of power could well have uh, Taj Mali's back, and position of power was a moral beaten. First up, last campaign, um, sat yep. deep the trip midweek and uh, kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Uh, second up, got the job done nicely. think it's a progressive type, expecting those two to fight it out, but uh, plenty of respect for Leica Jaguar um, and the form lines that's coming, um, form lines behind him, so around him, I should say. So winner comes from one of those three. I've marked position of power, 340, Taj Mahali 380, so they're both mid fours. I'll just be playing the pair for a $2.50 or so result. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty keen position of power. Kicked off its last prep, as you said, absolute certainty beat. Um Belmont thousand meters. Uh and then it um its its form subsequent that was was really good. I think it only missed the top four once um in its um in its whole prep. Uh really took a big leap forward last last time in work. The way that it hit the line in its uh, May 18 trial suggests that um, David Harrison has position of power, really wound up, ready to rock and roll fresh. Has a Belmont 1,000-meter profile, as I mentioned before. It should get the right run from four. Hopefully, uh, the Pontiff is uh, switched on in the right frame of mind. I reckon this is a really, really good option for position of power first up. Respect Taj Mahal, unlike a Jaguar, similar to you. I'd like to see Q Belling return return to his best. Uh, first up was wasn't wasn't uh, was wasn't what we were looking for. Trial was again was was below expectations. Um, capable of turning it around, but I'm, I'm happy to to oppose him. Um, position of power for me. Very good. All right, race two. This is one. Uh I, I I will summarise my thoughts on this race and basically saying I couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> this is a uh, this is a race that I just want to. You, you're really um, you're really winning over the Condor Heroes <laughs> mob, aren't you? Terry? No, I, I'm talking about from a betting point of view. I'm talking about from a betting point of view. Look, Condor Heroes yeah. should be uh, should be jumping leading. Uh, I always find it funny when a stable puts uh, two speedsters together and and asks for them to um, sort of. I'm sure they won't fight each other out in front. There'll be instructions for... I presume there'll be instructions for Super Maxi to uh, sit outside of Condor Heroes. There's also probably a lack of options for Super Maxi, so I do understand that. But um, look, Condor Heroes is coming off a minor setback. I think it was a hoof abscess. Hoof abscess, correct. Yeah, 28 days between runs, but there's just not much in this field to to suggest it's... um, 
Uh, he's going to be beaten. So, look, I'm not going to get involved with the $1.70, BJ, but I, I can't come at anything else. Guns are never owned 5 6 to one Keeps popping up in races like this um, over the odds. Uh, yeah, I, I can't come at anything else here. Super Maxi looks a tired horse to some degree, but if, if producing anywhere near his best, he can win it. But, um, no, nah, not for me, this race. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a funny little race, isn't it? I mean, Condor Heroes off a setback is uh, odds on. It's um he, he does have some really really strong uh, early career heavy track form in Sydney. That was um that was some of his best results back as a two year old, I believe. But uh, the way that he's um the way that he's won the times he's run in uh, his two Ascot thousand meter wins suggests that if the Ganjimis have him right, he'll find the front and should be. Should just be too too good, too fast. Um, Super Maxi, pretty pretty smart horse on the day. He hasn't done a lot of racing in the last eighteen months. Only had two starts, I believe. Uh, on his day, he's um, he's a black type horse for sure. It's always a worry, isn't it, when they only have a couple of starts over a long period of time. Both of them are pretty average. Recent trial yeah. was. I know. I don't think the blinkers run at the recent trial, but it was still. Uh, it was still a semi-ordinary, not semi-ordinary, that's probably a touch harsh, but the horse that mm. uh, beat him home didn't necessarily come out and frank that form super. So, yeah, it is a concern. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and yeah, Guns of Navarone, as, as you mentioned, he um, – isn't it funny how – I think I don't – I'm pretty sure I've spoken about this in the past. Neville Parnham, he gets these horses and you think, oh, that's just going to be a win one, one or two, three races. It might be a midweek money spinner at best and – Neville just he grinds away with these horses, and sooner rather than later, he just he he they just pinch a sad day win, and then they they pinch a, another win along the way, end up being really good uh, really good horses for the stable. And Guns of Navarone, he's a six year old rising seven, and he's never raced better. Second to Plutocracy, second to Mervyn, then he knocked off Mervyn uh, in seventy eight plus grade last start. It's just it's um it's remarkable what what Neville Parnham can do with these horses, especially when it comes to longevity and perseverance. Yeah, it certainly is, and they found the key to this horse as well. It's it's always somewhere between four to six weeks between runs, and um, his his form's been faultless really. So uh, he's uh, yeah he's a definitely a major player in the small field. Yeah, and I know that you you did want to move on quickly from this race, but I must <laughs> ask you about your old mate Barracky Beats, and not only that, what about teaming up with Lactar Ramoli, who you uh, you are starting to build a really strong connection with at the moment. Yes, look, my old mate uh, Barricky Beats teaming up with my new mate Lactar mm. Ramoli. Just want to. Uh, this isn't the race. Surely this isn't the race of Barricky Beats. It wouldn't. This is a. This is a funny little race. Something. Something yeah. funny could happen here if, if Condor mm. Heroes isn't right. Uh, as as you said, Condor Heroes should be winning easily. But um, just to Lactar Ramoli, three kilo claim should be riding uh, a lot more on Saturdays. Lactar. Um, if you have a look at a lot of his recent winning rides, have a look at how many times he hugs the rail and never leaves the fence. He's a uh, one of the best apprentice fence riders and gap riders uh, that I've seen. He's taken a long time to find his footing here in WA, and he's making, and he will continue to, as the apprentices do, make a lot of errors. But um, big fan of Lucky Lactar. He's on my. Uh, he's still on my Christmas list. Lactar. He's the only one, but uh, he's he's still on there. <laughs> Christmas card list, I should say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's doing he's doing really well, Lactar Ramoli mm. um, from uh, from Mauritius. He's um, I like him. He's, he's strong. 
Uh, strong whip rider. He's um he's going to be all right. He's going to ride a lot of winners. So, uh, but yeah, I don't think that's it's the day for for Barricky on Saturday. But that race does has, have a bit of a whiff about it. So we'll mm. see how it plays out. You can smell it from here. Yeah, moving out to race on to race three, the Gourmet Takeaway Plate. It's a two year old juvenile contest over the one thousand meters. We uh, we touched on the Cerise and White Vortex earlier in the podcast. And uh, Peter's investments, um, stylish two-year-old Dunbar, he, uh, he's all the rage, isn't he? Uh, he's uh, very, very short odds to, uh, yeah. to make it two wins from two starts, uh, $1.85, $1.75 at the moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you a little story, actually. Uh, on, uh, on the debut of Dunbar, I never feel that the two-year-olds are any... I don't feel on debut that any horse should really start a dollar twenty four, and I'd really like to know Bellity's few lead up runs. So I had a fair, uh, fair each fair old each way crack at uh, at Nobility that day at about thirty five thirty eight to one late on the exchange, and um, yeah, Pikey really had to sit down late to uh, to get Dunbar over the line then, which was disappointing. Would have preferred that he had a a two next to his name than a one, but um, that's the end of my story. Thanks for listening, but. These Peters uh, debutantes, no matter what their age is, and this is a late two-year-old, let's remember, uh, they tend to uh, really elevate um, at their second career run. So I'm expecting Dunbar to get the job done. Probably takes cover here. Not certain on that, but probably looks to, to take cover, as most of the Cerise and White runners do. But in fact, he's 1,200 back to a 1,000. That's... um. That's a slight concern for me. And uh, yeah, the, the dollar radio, so I've marked him $1.65. So I, I can't say that looks like the wrong price, but $1.80 won't get me. I actually did have something on at the $1.90 this morning. I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really sure why. I just got, I, I marked him at $1.65, so I should be backing at $1.90. That's very simply how I work. Yeah. But I don't really yeah. like getting involved sub two bucks. And yeah, I'm even now questioning why exactly I did. But big fan of how Shan Talk won. Um, yeah, she, she won good, didn't she? Off a 400 meter trial, breezed outside leader. Yep. Very slick. Yeah, and it was quite telling that McGrady actually went for Shantalk over the, the Steve Wolf runner in that field who ran a nice race, Rockhard Omaru. So that was already yes. a tell before that run. And um, actually, you know, the owners of Shantalk, so good luck to Jeremy Blab and the and the crew. Uh, I think the key for this Russell Stewart filly will be um, landing outside the speed without too much work. On paper, I think it's quite possible uh, that she can land outside the leader. But from barrier nine, all it takes is one or two of these debutantes to kick up and she ends up three deep and her race is over. So. Um, Dunbar for me born to rule a great trial as well but uh, I will be from now on staying out BJ yeah alright so you're already invested well. Terry so um, yeah well Dunbar was uh, as as the guru said earlier, he was a dollar twenty four on debut. I did. That was hear- a well backed dollar twenty four too. That's yeah. the thing. No, I, yeah, I'm was- the reason I took the dollar. If I think it's going to trade nearly certainly below that price, you have to back it because that's a hundred percent market. And obviously, with Betfair, there's the deductions. If you're taking above that price without the deductions, you've simply long term you should be winning. Um, if you continue to do that, so that was the thought process. But yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah, okay. Well, he I did hear Bob Peters on Tab Radio prior to his first start in a race saying that he would have preferred a 1,000 first okay. up. 
Um, and that, but uh, but that was the the race that they opted to go for, which was in, an interesting remark uh, from Mr. Peters. But um, look, raced outside leader. I don't think that Nobility. I think Nobility is going to win her share of races. Uh, yeah. His share of races. I think it might be a filly. Um, gave a good lead. Gave a good kick. Uh, Dunbar had to run the fastest last two hundred of the day to win. Uh, I think Pikey looked to be. I don't know if he was foxing, but it looked like I think there was a bit left in the tank. Just looked lovely and balanced um, compared to his his trial win, where he was a bit revvy. So, um, but with like revvy. you, I think he, I, I think he maps for cover, which is going to be perfect. I've got um, Born to Rule, the debutante coming crashing across, leading Shantalk outside leader and I've got Dunbar in the in the one one for the wizard stalking peeling and just uh probably probably drawing clear um late for quite a comfortable mm-hmm. comfortable victory. That's uh that's the way I see it. I think Shantalk uh is the is obviously the for me the obvious horse to beat. Born to rules two four hundred meter trials with William Pike on board on board have been um have been pretty slick, and um, obviously the wizard uh, has uh, tied to this recent white Dunbar, so that's why uh, Clint Johnston Porter gets the sit there, and um, and the other you know there's a couple of Simon Miller debutantes. Um, it's just there's a bit there's a bit in the race, but for me Dunbar just stands out like the real class horse with the bright future. I think he's just going to win. Very good. Let's hope he's not revy like he was in the uh, in the trial. I haven't heard that one before. Revy. Yeah, didn't you th- yeah, yeah, he was yeah. revvy. He, he, which is unusual for a Peter's horse. Usually, they're very, they sort of fall out in their trials and go back and relax and move on. This this horse is is different. He um he Couldn't jumps on bridle, travels. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um quick. So it might be the uh, sign of things to come with um with these Vancouver's and a couple other speed um horses that the Peters have. Have uh, that Bob Peters has bred into his line at the moment. And one of them was uh, was Bright Diamond, who was um, off the map yesterday, Terry, and, mm. and fell in by a breath for the, uh, for the odds-on players. Certainly did. Some brave mm. punters. That was a really hot maiden yesterday, I thought. Um, I, I, I didn't mind uh, Big Man in the Sky, who actually led and gave a, a pretty good kick for Justin Warwick. But, um, yeah, that was a pretty uh, a pretty smart-looking um, trial on paper. A lot of trial uh, – sorry, race on paper. A lot of trial winners. Uh, Venetian Jewel, even though – Went poorly, trialed really well. It was, uh, yeah, very brave to be diving into the dollar fifty-five about uh, a horse on debut there. But punters got the chocolates. Sure did, sure did. All right, so that's enough of race three. Looks like uh, looks like it's set up nicely for for Dunbar to continue on his winning ways. Race four is the Amelia Park Handicap. Oh, here we go, Terry. This is <laughs> here we go. The Amelia Park handicap, twelve hundred meters for three-year-olds, and uh, it is the return of the much-hyped potential superstar, Windstorm, mm. Pike Peters, Team Williams, Cerise and White uh, was all the rage, wasn't he? Um, after his uh, October sixteen win at Ascot, um, may have even uh, been been uh, one of the main well uh, definitely favorite for the WA guineas and and backed into second favorite for the group <laughs> no, Kingston, no 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 Kingston no no outright, outright, outright favoritism outright favoritism outright favoritism yes well if he wasn't outright favorite it was because oh did we back him in shorter than arcadia queen oh you've got me second guessing myself now I thought we did. Oh, mate, he might might have been second favorite. Should I better change my preview? Um, yes, there was a fair amount of support 
uh, before and after that uh, that win over Rewrite the Stars, wasn't there? Yes, there was a bit of bit of support for for Windstorm and a bit mm. of support for Superstorm uh, as well. Um, now, did you want to t- tell listeners that story once more? Uh, Why not? Again, how many, how many, <laughs> we should have saved this when Cripper was on, shouldn't we? Uh, I, I, Cripper was living over in Melbourne. I wanted to have a that they went up fifty one bucks Windstorm for the Kingston Town and. Obviously, we, we can't get on online, so I just called big big DC Comics and said to him, mate, can you can you pop down there and have a couple of bucks on for me? So he gets down there, all chuffed, and they let him on to win a they let him on to win a fortune. I think they let him on to win about fifty grand. I can't remember. They let him on to win enough stack. And he says, "Yep, yeah, we're on duty." And I thought, "Bang, here we go." I've just uh, I basically just I put in the the win section of the spreadsheet early on. Done. She's uh, he's home and hose you ripper. And then a few hours later. <laughs> Get a phone call from Grimmer saying, mate, you wouldn't believe it. And I said, what's what's up, champ? And he goes, I've backed Superstorm, not Windstorm. <laughs> Classic. Uh, so long story short, he goes back down there, cancels a Superstorm bet, um, changes it to Windstorm, but we get half the price. And because uh, they didn't obviously let him take the 51, so I think they gave us the, the 26s or whatever. Windstorm was at that point, and yeah, the rest is history. Windstorm gets a flu, Superstorm runs fourth in the race, comes out, runs second in a... All-star mile. But there you go. So, Windstorm, we've got some history. So, yeah, it happens happens to the best of them, the Guru and Kripa. Mm-hmm. So, um, all mm-hmm. those people who mark their tickets wrong, there's hope for you guys yet. <laughs> yep. so. Yeah, there was, there was a few, uh, a couple of nice horses to get it wrong on, though, in all fairness. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't mind getting those two confused if you uh, if you owned the pedal, no, would you? that's right. So, here he is. Windstorm makes his long-awaited mm. return. Um, now he, yeah, as we mentioned, he was um, he was set to do big thing, win, win basically everything. Uh, apparently, last uh, last spring summer, uh, went uh, had a setback, had to get turned out. Now he returned with a um, with a really nice pipe opener in his thousand meter Belmont May eleven trial. Nice and balanced, very fluent in his action. Second horse, went second well. horse, no apology, went well uh, last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now. He's gone up real short. He's uh dollar dollar fifty, dollar forty in, in some agencies at his his first up run. Now, what what can possibly go wrong? What what's gonna interrupt the uh the windstorm oh. um parade on Saturday? Well, plenty can go wrong here, to be honest. Um I think I'll I'll prefix that, but I think he will win. But plenty can go wrong. Um this map is probably the most interesting part. Do you uh, think that Indian Pacific can cross Captain King? And do you think that the connection that Captain King will want to hand up to Indian Pacific and take the yes, tug? Yes, that's my map. Indian Pacific leading, Captain King leaders back. Okay. I'm more of the opinion that um, Captain King gave a real good kick when leading against Resort Man, beaten under a length. I can't imagine they'd want to hand up. I don't think Captain King's going to sit on the back of Indian Pacific and win the race, but if he can if he can lead um, and kick at the top of the straight, I think that's probably his better chance of winning, but it will be one or the other. I've written down both speed maps and had a look at the race mm-hmm. accordingly. Uh, Mood Swings either ends up outside the leader or ends up probably in the 1-1, um, pending which way it's ridden in that sense. Um, and Windstorms obviously has to chase from there. But let's let's have a quick look at those other three horses. Mood Swings was huge um, second up against Miss Frost. Backed off the map after going from a three-year-old maiden to a 60-plus. Was taken on by Sterling Estate the entire way. Very good horse 
in Miss Frost to uh, to knock him off. So I, I don't think we can um, discount how progressive he may be, but I do think he looks a little outclassed here. Captain King, as I said, doing nothing wrong, drawn to either lead or sit leaders back. Um, yeah, pretty foolproof the way he's racing yep. at the moment. And then there's Indian Pacific, who I've got a stack of time for. I'm sure most of us have got a stack of time for. His recent trial, he smashed the witch doctor who came out and won arrogantly for Keshaw Duran, Run, run. Uh, first up, when sitting deep the trip and really had no entitlement to win. So that, that trial form becomes that little bit sharper. Um, the concern for Indian Pacific, not only if, if he has to land outside the speed, is um, the fact he's racing at the 1,200 metres for the first time in his career in a race or in a trial. Um, so if he, if he can do that from the top, he can nick it, I reckon. Mm. If he can go to the top and uh, and give a nice kick on straight, he can potentially nick it. What if Windstorm gets caught? I mean, when you're on a back mark, are you, and you, what if you get caught on the back of the wrong horse? I mean, he had, we had to chase Rewrite the Stars last campaign. When I say we, talking Windstorm. We had to chase him from a, a, a nearly impossible position, but... This is probably another step up. He's first up at 227 days. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, there's definitely some question marks on him. I think he'll get the job done. It's going to take quite bad luck. It's going to take him maybe being a little bit underdone. It's probably going to take Indian Pacific getting to the top and giving that kick, I would suggest. But um, look, I've marked him $1.78. I want to get involved if we see two dollars late. Money around for Indian Pacific, money around for mood swings, potentially Captain Kink. Um, we could see a little wobble. I doubt we're any ever anywhere near two bucks. Uh, and that is definitely wishful thinking. But uh, that's my plan. Otherwise, I'm gonna stay out. I'm not gonna back against him. Um, I'm gonna stay out, happily enjoy watching the race, but I'm gonna to need to see two dollars late on the exchange to play. And if we do, I'll be absolutely going guts in, and I reckon it will be a heart in mouth watch mm. bj yeah he um the yeah the the map is against him especially considering that the the speed that indian pacific and strength that he possesses as well but uh, as you touched on the 1200 meter query for indian pacific it means that he might be a touch touch vulnerable late um and they might not necessarily ride him for the sustained speed like they would if it was a thousand meter race if you know what i mean they might just back off him a touch uh but yeah regardless i think I think Windstorm just wins. Um, he uh, th this horse is this horse is the real deal. Went back and watched his his two wins um, last night doing the tapes, and it was it was like he was turbocharged when he gunned down rewrite the stars uh, at Ascot on October 16. Like I don't know many other horses that could have won in that situation that he found himself in on that day. Um, I just, I just think the Belmont straight Pike on board. He's just going to be, um, be you know, as long as he's presented into into the race balanced and with plenty of galloping room. Once he lets down, Jesus, good luck, <laughs> good luck, good luck, good luck. The key That's thing, the say. key thing for punters mm. here, the key thing for punters here for those looking to have a bet is you, you, we still need to have a price which we we want to bet sure. into. We can't just back a horse because we think it's going to win at a dollar forty five, dollar fifty. I think it'll, I, I think it'll, will blaze him and look and look amazing in yep. doing so. But we can't be taking unders about a horse who always requires luck, settling back in the field, coming off a long break against some pretty sharp speedsters. So the question, my question to you is, what price is enough? Yeah, well, I, I was. I'm surprised he's as short. A touch surprised he's as short as he did. I was thinking, I was thinking dollar eighty was about right for for Windstorm, but um, yep. um, factoring in in map and all that. But I, I can you know I can see why. I guess he's a uh, dollar fifty five or dollar forty five considering the boom that's on him. Um, so mm -hmm. exchange, 
I don't know. Like, w- w- how how far out do you think? Do you think I he'll doubt, push? I doubt we. No, I doubt we ever see. I doubt we'll see anything near the two bucks. Um, showmanship last week was firm, firm, firm on the exchange, and showmanship was in a capacity field against the likes of Platinum Bullet, Glasgow Girl. There were horses, and showmanship doesn't quite have the same boom on it. Um, uh, that windstorm does. So I would be surprised if we're ever getting near the two bucks. But we live in hope, BJ. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah. So looking forward to 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 seeing how this all plays out. Um, another horse I just like to mention, who I think has got a lot of upside. Not his race on a sad day, but I have a lot of time for Eurasia. I reckon he's a horse with a bright future, strong type, versatile, probably push up 14, 1,600 metres, maybe further this prep. Keep an eye on Eurasia. He can he can run second, third or fourth without surprising, but, yeah, all eyes will be on Windstorm on Saturday. Okay. Race five, BJ, the Glenroy Chaff handicap over the 1,200 metres. This is another race that I uh, – Want to take a uh, a clear lean of, but I, I have some words to share um, really? for the race. Yeah, I've, I've got words to share. It's a first for me, but uh, I'm I'm always willing to to try new things. Uh, Double bubble loves to swim, as we as we all know. Knocked off Massimo um, first up. Got out to an amazing price on a soft mm-hmm. track. I I hated myself after that race. Marked. Marked her eight bucks or so, and I just I was in the Black Duke Caddy Vortex where oh, that's who I was going to back. I, it didn't really matter what the price was doing, so that sort of goes against um, sort of everything I, I try to do with my punting. But anyway, got the job done. One well, um, she's going to encounter a more suitable track here. Soft seven will allow for just at this moment in time. That could definitely uh, change up or down by one rating, I would say. But um, very suitable. Loves it wet. My concern from barrier one is she must lead. If she hands up, I don't want a cent on. The only time she's jumped from one, she actually missed it badly. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that is something that's going to repeat itself, but there are a few times she hasn't jumped all that cleanly. Um, with a little horse by the name of Tawny Pete, just three spots outside of her in gate number four. Um, she will want to be on her best behaviour early because I would imagine that Tawny Pete will be pretty keen to cross her and lead if they can. Um, surely, knowing Tawny Pete's career statistics, and uh, I'll give those to you, BJ, it's had uh, in his 10-start career, he's found the rail on four occasions, okay? One of those he bled from both nostrils. So are you okay if I just discount sure. that run? I'm just, just going to discount. I'm going to put a... Put a line, bang, just Forget, straight forgotten. through it. Line Gone. through that run. Exactly right. His other three uh, goes um, when finding a rail uh, have been three wins by a combined 9.8 lengths. And most of the time, um, it's been Mitch Pateman or Glenn Smith, I think, on yes. all occasions, yeah. have sat up over the final 100 metres. Absolutely soft as butter. All of those have been um, in the country tracks, Bunbury, Pinjarra, but... It's been the times he's ran the way he's won that he looks like he'll be able to repeat that type of performance. Fresh if finding the fence. So um, really, really interested to see if they uh, if they go super hard here on Tawny Pete. Really put some pressure on uh, Sean McGrady and Double Bubble. And, and who knows, if, if they hand up on, on Double Bubble, I wouldn't want a cent on. If they lead with ease on Double Bubble, I would want a cent on. It's that simple. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I, would, I was just assuming that they'd be happy to follow Tawny Pete. Uh, double Bubble. Yeah. Oh, I, well, if they are happy to, to follow Tawny Pete, that's definitely um, – that would not be where I would want my money if, if they're the tactics that are announced or understood. Or, or maybe maybe the, I was happy for them to follow Tawny Pete. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe. Maybe you were. Maybe you were. Look, if it's a fluent, happy horse in doing so and, and he whips off the back of uh, Tawny Pete at the right time, then, then fair enough. Mm. But um, look – 
the, and then the third element to the race is obviously if they overcook it out in front, um, you've got big Luke Fernie mm. and the and these uh, with his one one pod beanie on storming down the outside with uh, maybe he'll give it to Pikey for the silks <laughs> this week. We might see the we might see the one one pod Pikey on, on Pikey as Miss Frost storms down the outside. So I've been informed that Miss Frost uh, has been working pretty well on the wet. PJ, bit of a bit of a tidbit for you there um, for any listeners. So we, we got not too many issues with the conditions of the day, but. Um, I think there has to be some minor queries on the 1,200 metres. And the simple fact is, if these two leaders are smart, work it out between themselves, I think they'll be pretty hard to run down, uh, especially like, especially due to the fact I can't see a great cart into the race on paper for Miss Frost. Um, but I think the winner comes from those three. I've marked Miss Frost and Double Bubble 360, Tawny Pete 650. Have a bet around that if you can, but uh, at this stage, I can't. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I like Tawny Pete. Do you? Uh, he's been a yeah, he's been a good good horse to me over the journey. He um, six year old has had ten starts, so tread warily. Um, he um, obviously uh, he's um, a bit of a delicate um, fellow, Tawny Pete. Uh, but Paul Robert seems to have him sussed. I know how he feels. Yes, yeah, <laughs> seems to have him sussed. Uh, Mitchell Pateman out in front is as as good as good as it get as good as they get uh, in the West. He um. I just think it's just going to be find the front. Uh, if he gets through the going, he's just he's such a strong horse over a sustained twelve hundred meters. He's not a he's not a sit and kicker. He doesn't doesn't need to be ridden pretty. He can sustain speed. Uh, I think he's going to um, cross double bubble lead. Uh, if he's right, he's just he's going to be so hard to get past. Obviously, double bubble that form out of that uh, that first up win is is really really strong. Um, probably going to get the the nice card up into the race. Loves as as Terry alluded to, loves the the rain affected. So that's on soft tracks anyway. It's five st- uh, six starts, five wins for double bubble. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good to breeze outside leader. Uh, get the job done uh, first up at Ascot, so she's um, she's um, ha- you know, has to be considered a, a major player as well. And there's the two the two big closers will be Sherpa Lass and and of course um, Boom Man Miss Frost. But um, I just think they might leave themselves with a bit too much work to do late. I uh, I'm pretty keen Tawny Pete to lead all the way. Um, Paul Roberts, pretty astute Southwest based trainer. I think we'll be talking about him in uh, another race later in the day, but uh, looks looks a really nice option for, for the big fella, Tawny Pete, to head straight to the front and get the job done. I'm glad one of us has got a strong opinion, at least, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, what were you, t- I was about 6.50, Tawny Pete, what were? 6.50, yeah. Tawny Pete, 6.50 yeah. as well. So, yeah. um, t- traditionally a horse that's uh, pretty well-backed, Tawny mm. Pete. So, it'll be very interesting to see what uh, Betfair does late with this race. The $2.15, Mrs. Frost, I think. Miss Frost probably looks bare bones, yeah. in my opinion. Definitely think she can win, and yeah. if I end up completely staying out we'll obviously be cheering for uh, the big fella to get uh, to get her home but um 215 bare bones if you are gonna back miss frost i would be uh keeping your powder dry till just a little bit later yeah uh, in uh, betting absolutely you'll, you'll see and, better and if the track's playing similarly to how it did last mm. saturday like she's just gonna be from 10 pikey on board just gonna be probably in the perfect spot to to unleash late. She has a 1,200-meter win to her name but was disqualified um, uh, under her previous trainer. So, um, But whether or not it w- whether or not the sh- really strong uh, sustained 1,200 is going to take some of her, her 
I guess her weapons, her assets away from her late in the race. But uh, she's she's pretty good, so she'll she'll be flooding home late. That's for sure. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, we're looking go. for something mad as well. One short's over fifty to one. I've I've got one short around twenty six to one. Uh, a lot will need to go right, and I don't think that it will win. But um, over double my price at the moment. So if you're desperate for a bet, like I probably will be, there might be worth having something small and a freshened up one short who actually goes quite well off the 30, 40 day break. Okay, moving on to, into what looks to be a geez, a really really tough late quaddy kicking off race six. The Byron Bay Premium Lager Handicap, over 1,600 metres. There was a horse you flagged in last week's Horses to Follow, Terry, mm. Costa del Santo. Now, are you, uh, are you following up? Are you, uh, are you locking him in coming to town? Well, I just uh, we had a little pause, which our listeners wouldn't have heard because we paused. That's how pauses work. Uh, a couple of seconds ago, when I saw a certain agency went up uh, eight bucks, so I just got the phone out and tried to. I had absolutely no success, by the way, BJ. Uh, texted a few people, said, "Can we? Can we get on? Can you get me on?" And they all said, "No, you've cooked me accounts, you dickhead." <laughs> um, so no, no success, and it's down to five bucks, but that's still above my price. Look, I I'm definitely going to be on uh, at the five dollars. I have marked uh, Costa del Santo. Uh, bear with me, $3.40. So I'll definitely be on, but Jay's Costa del Sando. This is a horse with some tricks, BJ. Mm. Uh, I, I, well, you, it's impossible to miss his first three runs uh, this campaign. Simply just looks like a new horse, doesn't he? Um, since coming back at his last three, uh, he's win two back, albeit on a Pinjarra track where the rail was dead cold and the middle of the track was, um, was lightning. The way he picked up and went past him, Mitchell, I think it surprised Mitchell Pateman, I think, as well. He sat about the 100 metres. He was he, just hanging on, wasn't he? Bloody hell. Yeah, what just happened? Like, you're kidding me. And that would, the fact that was on a soft seven as well can give you some confidence in regards to the, the conditions yes. uh, for Saturday. Yes. Last start, uh, the money came in droves in one of the hottest class threes you'll see in the country. You had uh, Tredenzia Fire Sale, Costa del Santo as your main three. Um, and from barrier one, the money just kept coming and coming and coming. Talking to a group about uh, not long before after the race, we were just saying it's amazing how much money came for a horse. It was always going to be four back the fence because you don't you can't get out the gates. Four back the fence um, on a cold rail. Yep. Uh, it's sometimes money purely comes on how well a horse is going rather than the conditions of the race. So Pikey just simply outrode him. Not outrode. That's that's incorrect. Didn't outride Mitchell. Um, just had the better position um, with fire sale. So actually thought he rode Costa del Santo pretty well that day. All things considered, because yep. it was a yep. it was on a bit of a hiding to nothing to be honest on such a well supported. Animal four back on a cold rail, but geez, with any normal, um, any normal luck, or if he draws wider and, and can come down the center of the track, he probably wins that day. And he looks like a, uh, a horse going places, but um, I am a little bit concerned about the fact he's going to bomb the start, he's going to be back near last as, as always, and he's going to visit Belmont for the first time. So there are some worries, um, in regards to those few aspects, but um, five bucks, I want to be on BJ. Mm, Four sixty, mate. Costa del Santo. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've I've got him got him on top as well. He um, the things he's doing at Pinjarra uh, have, as Terry has highlighted, have been exceptional. The weight of money was telling last start. Probably should have won. I think the um, you know the drawn drawn in eight. Mitchell Pateman will hopefully be able to get a three wide line card up in this full field. Uh, Peeling into the the middle of the Belmont Strait, if he let like if he lets down like he has been, geez, he's going to be hard to hold out, isn't he? Really, like that closing speed, especially the closing speed, he was able to 
to rattle off on a soft seven at Pinjarra two back just gives you confidence that with with clear running, um, with uh, um, balanced up, like Jesus, he's just going to be very hard to beat, I think, Costa del Santo. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I, I think all things being uh, equal, and he travels to Belmont well, let's down like he did, he, he will go past them. But uh, all things aren't always equal, BJ. And while mm. I like Costa del Santo, and he's well above my price, there's actually another runner I'm pretty enthused to talk about. BJ. Let's hear it. Are you, are you ready? Okay. I just I feel like there need to be a drum roll or something there. Look, it's it's a rarity I'm gonna look to hop into a uh, to too many Albany visitors, especially uh, especially one with the um, Chris Nickel in the saddle who doesn't ride all that much uh, in town. But um, I am super impressed by the way Kendall's me dad has been winning down in Albany, BJ. Um, He's just winning like a serious racehorse since going to Roy Rogers. There have been arrogant victories down there. Dominant. Uh, abs- absolutely arrogant victories, well-supported victories. They know they've got a good horse down there. They've obviously, whatever Vaughan Sigley um, couldn't find with the horse or couldn't get out of the horse, Roy Rogers has found and found it in pretty quick time as well. The one thing I really like about this race for Kendall's me dad, if I have read it correctly, and, and he has uh, he has improved to a level where he'd be competitive here, which I think he has, is that he's going to have field position on um, the majority of the dangers. So you've got Laufey, who's drawn wide. We're back near last. Costa del Santo can't get out the gates. We're back near last. Fire Sale and Porfir- Porfirio. I pronounce that wrong every week. Um, we'll be back near last or tramping wide, trying to get a spot closer to them. Uh, Kendall's me dad should have a big uh, a big amount of field position on that lot. The other thing I like about Kendall's me dad and what I like about how these type of tracks can sometimes play, these wet tracks, that is, that when you can get your horse rolling, Chris Nichols generally likes to get him rolling before the bend when he can. If you watch his uh, run on Luke, his ride on Luke's goal last week, he actually could have kept on the back of Black Ducati, but he hopped out. Earlier than he had to, he could have won the race easier, basically. That's all I'm saying. But with a horse like Kendall's Me Dad, I want to see him often going on the bend. I want to see him have the fittest, toughest horse with these smart ones chasing him um, down the center of the track. And I think that's exactly how it's mapped to ride. He probably doesn't land far from the 1-1, maybe a pair further back, um, but somewhere very close to the 1-1. He's going to have a head start on him. I don't know, BJ. If we, uh, he's, he's had 15 starts. In his career, I'm happy just saying he's had three starts his career because this is a di- this is a different horse different to when Vaughn Sigley yeah. had him. Yeah, this is a completely different yeah. horse. If he was three from three, I think I, think, in, I be- think I did my money on him far too many times with yeah. with Vaughn. So I think I've stamped him uh, as not one of mine, and um, unfairly it uh, it appears because a change of scenery has um, has done him the world of good. Yeah, similar to Luke's Gold, really, who was an ex-Sigley yep. horse as well. Yep. Um, new lease on life. Luke's Gold was almost career best last Saturday running down Massimo. Like the, oh, figure, was... the figures that he pumped out was remarkable. So Roy is uh, Roy Rogers, Trigger, is mm. doing great things at the moment. He finished off the Great Southern season uh, really well um, and he's got Kendall's Me Dad humming. So... Chris Nickel is riding with con- riding with confidence, and yeah, yeah, I can I can see exactly where you're coming from. Kane, I want him off and going. Nice head start. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty keen. I thought we were going to see high teens. I mm. thought like just with the Albany victories, and this is quite a competitive market. With yes. um, as I said, th- those few runners that I just mentioned, then uh, all engaged. I am. Little disappointed we didn't see some early teens early type yeah. thing, but I mean on the exchange late we, we might see a little bit of a creep out to those type of prices. But um, look at at five to one, 
Costa del Santo and probably more so, which I feel a bit bold in saying, probably more so Kendall's me dad, double figures. We definitely want some double figures. I've marked him high single figures, but we want some double figures to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Really happy getting involved in that pair, BJ. Good. Um, I'm surprised that uh, Tollman didn't crack a mention for you, Terry. Nice draw, Jade on back to the mile. Uh, it was pretty good against on a, on a against Patton uh, at Ascot. Uh, Three dollar thirty favorite. Never on the track. Uh, ran fourth. Hot rail day. Sort of gets yeah. suitable conditions on Sunday. Yeah, can win. Can definitely win. I just he's been. He's been up for a while. Whether there's a peak performance still to come in him, um, he goes. He tends to go best best for Mitchell as well. Whether and Mitchell's <laughs> obviously opted for for Costa del Santo. Costa. Um, yep. So I, yeah, he could definitely win. But uh, there just gets to a point in a, in a campaign where you're happy to take a horse on under the right conditions. And that's, this is probably one of those situations where I'm happy taking on Tollman and 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 with Fire Sale as well, who will be pretty well supported. I can't see how Fire Sale turns the tables on Costa del Santo, and then with Porfirio. Um, Porfirio could be the most important horse for Costa del Santo. Yes. Now, the reason is I'm expecting Porfirio to probably lead up a three-wide line. They'll probably ask Bo just to let it roll out of trouble, and ideally with cover, but it might be difficult for her to attain that from the wide gate. Um, and I think Porfirio will give him a really nice cart into the race, which will really suit um, Costa del Santo and will suit Lofi as well, um, who can't be completely discounted um porfirio really really runs for bbe does so yep. it could give a good yep. kick actually then yep. out in the out in the three wide line moving into the race with 100 percent, yeah exactly right i just again i don't think that uh if if that's the tactics which i think it will be i can't see any other tactics to employ here i can't see if mm. that's how the race is going to be run i can't see her holding out costa del santo either so for me, and I think Costa yeah. del Santo outsprints Law Lawfy unless Pikey goes back to riding for his gaps, and that happens to be the winning ride. So for me, the winner comes from Kendall's me dad, who nicks it early, or Costa del Santo, who yeah. zaps him. So I'm happy to play the pair at, at good prices too. Yeah, yeah, good prices, good prices. So um, Costa del Santo for me um, as well. Uh, Mitchell Pateman into the middle of the, the Belmont Strait. Let him loose. Um, whoosh. He should, uh, he should go whoosh. Let's hope he's not too revy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> now, uh, race seven is the Schweppes handicap over the mile, 72 plus. We've got 16 plus four. Absolutely uh, overflowing with numbers. Astronomites E4 but can't even get a run. This, how's this? You've got jockeys named on all four emergencies as well. They're just absolutely desperate, stacking desperate up. I'd love start. to see Witness yeah. in Court go around fresh here. I'd love. I mean, how does Dark Prospect not get a run? I know it's a seventy-one rider and a seventy-two plus, but geez, we've got a few horses going around at the moment, don't we? Yeah, yeah. The old uh, wait for Belmont factor is alive and well. Oh, so. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. Good race. Oh, Good it race. certainly is, BJ. And I, uh, I tell you what, I reckon. This is just about the most amount of time I've ever spent on an individual horse race. Um, and the fact that I've come up with double digit probably uh, probably tells you that I, I shouldn't have spent as long. I probably shouldn't have spent as long as I did on the race. Uh, I'll quickly just touch on uh, a few of the favourites. Festival Miss uh, it was good last start, but I, I'm still convinced Festival Miss is just a horse. Um, she does like Belmont, but a lot of those her, the reason she has an inflated record at Belmont is because of the quality of races she's um, contested here. Uh, she can definitely win, um, and I think the five six bucks that she's gone up is the right price. I thought they might go up to a short 350 type thing and we'd see a bit more value elsewhere, but that hasn't happened. Um, 
up to the mile for the first time. I think we can take her on uh, at around those prices. Gates of Babylon uh, up to the 1,600 metres with a fair bit of pressure in this race. Again, I think I think we'll look to take him on. She's a light from Barrier 18. I can't see, surely not, winning four in a row from um, from out in the car park. I mean, good on them if they do, but we've got we to gotta take on She's a light here. Lauren Tinio, um, people question the mile. I have no doubt that the mile is no issue uh, for this bloke. No um, issue for The run against the Media Baron was huge and... And the third to Uka Lockie when they went crazy. Uh, Chris Graham went crazy out in front. Uh, was also huge. So whether uh, Chloe can get the right run, get the right tuck in from the gate, it remains to be seen. But I'm um, not willing to put a line. I'm not putting a line through the others either. Just more looking around where we're going to find the winner. Um, so I definitely think Laurentinio can win the race. Um, but as I said, I've... Uh, I've I've landed on and I'm I'm landed on this purely for the value aspect and I'm expecting we're going to see 60 to 1 50 60 to 1 late type thing. I think I can see a bit of 40s at the moment. I think that'll be um yeah, I'd be surprised if we don't see um if we're not raising the bat for half a half a ton at some stage in the in betting, but um, look by this stage of the day, the the centre of the track and the three wide line, especially in a full capacity field of this nature, it might be the place to be. Um, on a bit of an offshoot day. This is a really, really good horse double digit. So first up this campaign, um, he's gone back to last with a massive weight, 60 and a half kilos after the claim against Condor Heroes. He actually ran, uh, if you just look at the last 800 meters of that race, he was one length behind Condor Heroes. That was that famous Condor Heroes race, BJ, which we uh, have spoken about Mm. in depth. Condor Heroes can't win. No, I don't remember saying that. Um, his final 200, oh, I was meant to write it down. I don't have it here in front of me, but it was a, I think it was a top 15 for the day, sub 200 metres for a horse who's he's an out-and-out miler over the 1,000. It just to me said he's returned in really good form. Uh, his last effort mm. uh, was against Labor Rod a fortnight ago. Alan Kennedy dropped him back from barrier 11. He, he initially found a spot, just kept getting shuffled, 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 ended up on the back of Push and Shapes, who wasn't going at all. Um, there was two different races. That was the race with um, Glory. Land and Wrinkley out in front, and you had your first conglomerate of horses, which included Festival Miss, War God, Rock on Tommy, um, Laverod, Festival Miss, obviously, uh, and then you had your second race, which was sort of disjointed from the first race, and I think Double Digit was the pick of the run from that second race. I think if he draws a gate there and lands in that first group of runners, he's probably only beaten two lengths rather than being beaten nearly six, um, and the right final splits. If he was drawn a gate here with Jade on or with Alan on. Um, we'd be he'd be pretty firm in this market because third up is third and fourth up is traditionally when he likes to or when he peaks on his campaign. He's up to the mile, which is absolutely his bread and butter. Loves the wet, uh, really loves the wet. He's he's two goes on a heavy track. One was a win, the other was a fresh performance with Molly Clark on where he went huge. Uh, so don't don't have any issues about the the conditions and look. A lot needs to go right here, but if Bo can find cover in a three-wide line and just peel him to the centre of the track with 56 and a half, I reckon he can go past these, BJ. Mm, bold. Bold. A little bit bold. A little bit bold. A little bit bold. What about you? Did you find it too? Uh, I did not find double digit. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but I'm not surprised one bit that you did because he is uh, he's a, a regular Um in the in the guru analysis over the journey, double digit. He's been a really good horse Do to like you. Double digit, he has been. He has been. I was. I am thinking that Son of Bacchus can win again. Um, I, uh, I when I did my review last week, just I'm, I, that was the race I was most 
um, critical of my analysis, the last race, the get-out stakes, last Saturday, very critical. Uh, Son of Bass, Bacchus was was – there was some mistakes made at mine. He was he was a he was a bet for sure. Again, at that in that lineup, and um, uh, it's funny it's funny you say that because I actually was saying the exact same thing. Yeah, I think Sunnabacus was um was one miss trying to find. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was like that was the only like you know for for the way that the race has panned out. That was the that was the one I was most critical of my analysis. Um, should have just been on mm-hmm. Sunnabacus last week. Th- that win, um, third up. Miles, twelve hundred meters, sixteen hundred meters. That win was good. I felt like he was just just surging uh, late. I mean, he only beat only beat Bar Trader, but he um, he's just a really competitive horse, son of Bacchus. On the quick backup, good draw uh, has the gate speed to take advantage of that. I think he just he maps to get a really good run. He's he always always gives a kick. Um, that might have just been just the win to to um, to give him that bit of bit of confidence. Likes Belmont, likes the mile. He's he's um, late into his four year old uh, season now, so I think he's I think he's got another level he can he can rise to. Um, well weighted. I'm I think this is a really good option for Son of Bacchus in in a deep race. Um, and yeah, I'm surprised that I landed on him. Um, but yeah, I, I just kept coming around to to him. Son of Bacchus on top. Um, I a uh, lot of lot of respect for Festival Miss. Obviously, as we mentioned last week, I thought that she'd knock off Labor Rod. So she really has to be a, a big big chance against this lineup. But um, fifty nine kilos up to the, up to the mile will need to be just about career best to win. I thought I was going to get a bit Maddie type territory for Friar Fox. First up, but, oh, um, you've just uh, you've just stolen me thunder oh, there you, as well, BJ. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, what did you think of the trial? The, yeah, I thought the trial was good. Yeah, mm. yeah, and just mm. going through her form last prep, all really strong performances. Was her own worst enemy at times. Just couldn't jump and couldn't hold a spot, and was getting shuffled back in slowly run staying races and rattling home, and kept running the same race. But um, she's a class mare, fresh, um, goes well for O'Donnell. Yeah, I, I thought that I was, she was going to be my Maudie of the day. Very, very surprised to see how hard she is in the market at the moment. I've, I've marked her 620. Really? Okay. So I, yeah. I just about had her favourite for this. Well, I've, I've, I told you I spent too long on this race. <laughs> you ready for another, are you ready for another statistic? Go for it. So since returning from Melbourne, uh, she's had two campaigns, okay? Her first campaign, she was first uh, – sorry, she trialled over the 1450 and then raced first up over the mile. She then won second up. So she won at her third public appearance. Make sense? Yes. Uh, her last campaign, they gave her the two trials, uh, both over the 1450, very similar. She won first up. This time, they've given her the two trials again. Third third appearance back. BJ, she peaks. That's my theory, at least. That's a very, uh, that's a very uh, flimsy theory i'd probably go with but but we're, uh, we're, we're looking uh, for anything in this type of race aren't we terry so a hundred percent we are i just see we i just see we've got to get the ones beaten that have been going around for a while yeah. um and i yeah i'm more than happy again i thought i was hoping i'd see double figures um but i'm i'm definitely happy having something on uh fry fox at uh at the double figures we will see at some point surely yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be having something on Firefox late, but um, but yeah, I like the I like the setup for for Son of Bacchus in uh, in a in a tough tough race, and um, and yeah, well, well, it looks like it's going to be a deep leg of the quaddy, another deep leg of the quaddy too, Guru. 
Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly. We all think a few people obviously stand out um, double digit, but for everybody else, it will. Uh, <laughs> You will, uh, you will need to go pretty wide here. I would, uh, I would suggest. Has, uh, has it been? A, has, how long has it been since you and uh, your man Ash Maley have have combined forces for for a big collect, Terry? Uh, not a big one. Mm. I was on, um, I was on a couple in Geraldton with him, uh, Sluicebox and um, and Old Bailey in the last couple of months. But in town, when was the last time we team forces? Would have been when we actually did a, uh, Megazone, a mock think, podcast. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. I think it was the week before we kicked the podcast off. Actually, mm. and um, yeah, it's a shame we didn't t- t- kick it off that week. So I think that one at about thirty-five to one, and I think I made it my bet of the day as well. But uh, yes, that's the last time I would think. That'd be the last time. But I have a, I have a fond memory. I have a fond memory, though. I'll take just another quick little story. Uh, on um, on Railway Stakes Day, oh, geez, I can't even remember which Railway Stakes Day it was. It was a while ago now. It was fairly, uh, it had been a fairly tough day. When I say tough, that would be the biggest understatement of all time. I was that far down. I didn't even know there was a number that big, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, it came to the last, and I had a mate who was following me all day, and he was going just as badly. And... Um, I actually managed to get out, and he uh, he was away. He'd given up on me at that stage. I managed to get out and push to pass in the last at 160 to one, mm. and um, I have never uh, I've never forgotten that. Me and Ashley have had a, have a pretty good relationship since then. <laughs> a bit on good uh, terms. Trainer, <laughs> trainer and punter, and, his, and, his, uh, and over a beer in Kalgoorlie as well. But uh, yeah, no, we're uh, hopeful that we can repeat something there, and I think. I think the best at the moment, double digits, 41s. I think we'll see better than that as well, surely. Good. Oh, I like it. That's good stuff, Guru. All right, BJ. The Iron Jack Belmont Sprint, uh, the Group 3 and uh, a cracking looking Group 3. I'm not really overly opinionated, which is uh, obviously the norm for me uh, in this race. I'm actually going to do a runner-by-runner preview for, for Betfair, so I, I might leave everyone to, to go and have a look at that if they want some information um, or at least my information or what well, I just a little just a little teaser a little teaser yeah exactly right oh, it's gonna to take too long to talk about every runner right now BJ but um, I think you're a little bit more confident than I am so um, take us away all right yeah all hail the king guru the velvet king uh, just oh, not me. stands out. Stands out like the uh, not, yeah, not the guru, the king. Um, stands out like the proverbial for me. Um, I reckon this is just set up so sweetly for for uh, the Velvet King uh, Belmont Sprint. He's just um, he was just so brave in the in the Roma Cup. He was forced. What was he? What do you think he was reckoned? Four, 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 five deep the entire in the Roma Cup. Um, just got dictated to by. Um, but the line got dictated to by Paddy Carberry on Vega Magic, but he sort of travelled outside Vega Magic. He. I don't um, think that was. Is that an issue though? I think that was the racing line. Like, does that make sense? No, I, don't I don't think. Don't think it was issue. Still, it was. It was still. I still think he just he effectively just raced outside the leader in my mind because the rest of the everything um, by that stage of the day they were all off the fence in that race. They didn't go very hard up in front either. So I I don't know. I I was trying to decide if I thought that made the win tough by sitting out there or. But in the end, I think it's more just he sat outside the leader it just happened to be at a wider line not on the rail does that make sense yeah i know what you're saying he still had for me he still had to do it first up 1200 meters just kept coming is what i liked um you know vega magic sort of pinched maybe a length on him at one stage but he just kept 
just kept coming on the line. He was beaten. He grabbed second. He was beaten the neck. Obviously, there was some flashing lights runs behind behind him in Flirtini and Angelic Ruler who, who were jumping out of the ground late. But back to Belmont over 1,400 metres. He's, he's a 1,400-metre weapon, this horse, the Velvet King. Northerly Stakes winner last last spring. Um Third at Wait for Age in the Listia Stakes in the lead up to the Railway Stakes last November, back to Belmont where he has an exceptional record and also he's um he's Universal Ruler he's an impressive racing Darren McAuliffe horse and does have a liking for the rain affected going as well. For me, he he maps to to lead. I don't know about you, Terry, but that's where that's where I've yep. got him. He um on top on yep straight to the front for Mitchell Pateman. Very strong. Very he's just a real high quality horse. Horse, the Velvet King loves the wet. Loves the wet. He's gonna gonna make all the running out in front. He uh, he's just a, a strong top class four year old. Geez, it's gonna take a really really significant effort for for a horse to, to get over the top of him. If if he's if he's on top of his game, um, geez, it's gonna take a real real top performance to to get past him. I can only really see two horses capable of producing a performance that can knock off the Velvet King. They are Angelic Ruler and Mississippi Delta. Uh, their their peaks are both both good enough to to get over the top of the Velvet King. But for me, it's uh, it's the Velvet King on top. Angelic Ruler will love fourteen hundred meters. The draw means that she can uh, she can settle a touch closer. Chris Parnham having his first ride aboard her, and um, I've just got a sneaking suspicion that they're gonna Team Williams is gonna have Mississippi Delta wound up for a uh, for a big uh, first up showing in the um, in the Belmont Sprint ordinary trial you think yeah mm-hmm. yeah maybe um, did she have the blinkers on in her trial um, I don't know actually yeah I don't know if she did but um, but yeah just just remembering her her first up Peters win last uh, last spring uh, Mississippi Delta is is a class horse she um, she has the the engine to make things very interesting. So they're the Angelic Ruler and Mississippi Delta are the two major dangers. But for me, the Velvet King's just about my best of the day. Very keen. Oh, best of the day. Mm. I like that. Best of the day in a feature. That's the stuff. That's the type of stuff we like to see. Uh, look, I've got Velvet King at the head of my market. Um, what price? I think I had the Velvet King about three dollars eighty. Yeah, three eighty for me. Exactly the same. Yep. Oh, there you go. What I said to you before we kicked off proceedings was that the Velvet King will win or lose by under half a length. He'll definitely go forward. Mitch rates his horse very well, um, but he he doesn't – yeah, he's not a horse that's going to really put him away. I know he has done as a two. I think he won a race on the wet by about six lengths. Um, but he's also if – he, if he does get headed and they do come at him at the right time, he, he's a horse that can fight back and, um, and definitely – he'll be a part of the finish without, uh, without any doubt. I go back to his win – in the northerly stakes, a group three last year before the the least year in the railway. And um, that's a win a lot of people look at as his, his probably his flagship win. He went from an 89 rater to a 100 rater um, with that victory. But that, that was Mitchell Pateman's win. That was the day he had the back of great shot, wrinkly laid off on the band. It was just the most perfectly timed ride in the world. Um, I'm just, oh, I, I, I think he'll be very hard to beat. He looks the obvious selection, as you've said. I just have some question marks if if the right horse can make the run at the right time, whether that's Angelic Ruler, whether that's Flirtini, whether that's uh, Material Man, which is probably a little bit um, left of field, left 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 of centre. Mm. Um, 
whether it's Gatting, um, uh, I just think he could be susceptible to a horse making their run at, at the right time. But trying to narrow it down to which horse that will be um, is is very difficult. Um, I'm not. Oh, I'm, you're pretty. I'm pretty loath to to take on uh, Mississippi Delta, and um, but the trial did not over. Uh, did underwhelm me uh, a little bit. Did win first up last campaign when. She was two seventy three bucks out to about eight nine to one on the exchange. That race was highlighted by seven bad rides and one good <laughs> ride, though. Again, that was one of the worst bunches of steers. Go back and watch that. Uh, that was an absolute doggy. That was the I think it was in the Peters. Actually, it was the Peters. Uh, yeah. Absolute. Yeah. That was an absolute dog's breakfast of. Uh, yeah, it was just it was a, chaos, a big, wasn't it? It was a what not to do by uh, by the majority of the jockeys. And Pike just sat last going, you guys are genuine idiots. What are you doing? Mm. Just all taking each other on and, you know, in a little stoush and it went back. Not like Pike to um, take advantage of everyone else making mistakes, is it? No, he's just smoking the pipe back in last and uh, off we go. So, uh, look, that's that's definitely a chance of happening again. But I think she'll have to come from a long way back and I don't think she will be able to reel in a horse like the Velvet King um, from dead last. Mitch won't make those same mistakes and go too slowly or give her the opportunity to do so I wouldn't have thought so look at the current prices around 12 to 1 each way if I was having a bet um, which I'm unlikely to do at this stage it'd be gatting for an informed Lucy Warwick who rode a treble yesterday yep. BJ yep good yep yeah he's uh, the giant killer gatting him mm. uh, he loves a slop yeah yeah he's just a good horse isn't he so uh, I thought his I thought his Roman Cup run was really good actually so yeah, yeah it was very good he got wobbled off pushed off on the bend a little bit by um, Angelic Ruler Pikey on yeah. an Angelic Ruler and um yeah, he still came and found the line nicely the 1200 metres is always going to be too short but uh Gadding has only missed a placing BJ once uh in his seven goes on uh on a wet track whether that be soft or heavy which race was that? Was it the Roma Cup? Was it Top the Belmont Sprint last year? It was when, uh, and then what What happened at the following outing? When Lee Newman steered him into fifth of five, sat deep the trip, fifth of five. He came out at his next start in Melbourne and won in group one at 1001. Uh, he did, he won the Diva, mm. that's right. Yep. So, loves the wet, just not when Lee Newman's on him on the wet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> So, getting each way, getting, if desperate for a bit. Good, and it's we we great. It'll be a very interesting watch on um, Humidor. Uh, at one stage, mm. Humidor was, uh, I think he's the only person, uh, the only person, the only thoroughbred that's ever made. Well, in her winning run, anyway, that made Winks sweat is Humidor. Uh, his uh, Cox Plate uh, efforts, um, running second. I think he was beating a long neck on the line behind the mighty Winks was. Phenomenal. He's not the same horse, obviously. Seven years old now. Uh, sent west in uh, to the to the uh, the great man Lindsay Smith to try and uh, try and breathe some life into the back end of his career. Big watch on Humidor. Wasn't far away in a couple of Group Ones uh, in in Melbourne last spring. Fourteen hundred. I imagine he'll be sort of getting back and working home in a view to uh, being really competitive. If right in the sixteen hundred meter Hyperion and the two thousand meter um, uh, Strickland Stakes to come uh, over the ne- in the next month, so it's good to see a horse of of Humidor's quality in the West. Uh, just want to have a look at him um, first up on Saturday, but um, but yeah, get on board the Velvet King Express on Saturday, Terry. That's my thoughts. Very good. I like it. He'll, uh, as I said, yeah, you'll definitely get a run for your money without doubt. What time is it, BJ? What time is it? It's uh, the mm. get-out stakes time, Terry. Mm. 
And uh, how, how does this work? How, how does the get out stakes? And how do we spell steak? S T A K E? Is that correct? <laughs> Incorrect. S T E A K S no? for ah. the get out stakes. Ah, like like the meat. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Br- right. Brought to you by the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, Terry, the Market City Meats. Now, if you want to get your hands on some delicious gourmet beef uh, from the team at Market City Meats, please at us on Twitter at the One One Pod. Send through who you think will win race nine at Belmont on Saturday, the Get Out Stakes, and uh, please provide us with a decimal winning margin, two decimal points, preferable. And um, and yeah, it looks like uh, looks like a nice wide open staying event. Uh, so there's going to be an mm. array of possibilities for contestants to uh, to snare some. Uh, some uh, get out steaks beef on Saturday, Terry. So, which way, uh, which way would you be steering uh, our uh, our listeners into? It looks like um, looks like there's yes. ha- over half the field are, are genuine winning chances. It's a it's a very interesting way to end welcome uh, welcome back windstorm day at Belmont. Mm, yeah, welcome back windstorm day. It's an absolute uh, another little doggies breakfast bowl <laughs> to finish the day, isn't it? Bloody hell. They sort of, they do sort of take it in turns for these staying races, don't they? So whose whose turn is it going to be? They certainly do. I I have a clear lean. It's not necessarily a super confident clear mm. lean, but I have a clear lean on a horse I believe has been set for this particular race. Uh, we saw British Bessie drop back to the mile off a three week break seven days ago. BJ behind Son of Bacchus, the horse you tipped earlier, mm. uh, hit the line pretty well. She didn't necessarily savage the line, but she wasn't overly cooked in the race i dare say that was a pipe opener for this week i reckon this was the race they're aiming to win um her record over i mean all career wins have been at 2000 plus her record over 2200 is five starts for the three victories um and the other the other effort when she was unplaced which has only been on the one occasion was second up this campaign uh, on the 2nd of may when she was arguably the run of the race behind Volkswagen frank alan kennedy's going to need to do a lot right from barrier 10 we're going to need to not get too far back um i just think she is the runner with the most scope in this race bj mm. so i'm uh, i've marked her for dollar 70 and i'm i'm going to get involved at the 67 to 1 that's on available and hope we can shop around that price um, for the remainder of proceedings. Picture perfect's the obvious one, and I've got a feeling that's where you're going to lead, so I won't steal too much of your thunder. Yeah. Was a month between runs. is now a week between runs and didn't have a huge amount of luck last start. I don't think it's a superstar, but you don't need to be a superstar when you've got Barrier 5 and W Pike on board. Mm. So that's an obvious one, but no, it wouldn't surprise me if we see a, a blowout result here. Uh, upwards, others drops a mile in grade. Uh, Maserati's run fourth to freeze him off. We'll go Loki last start. It's going to go around at 40 to 1. Um, Divine Shadow like, was the run of the race seven days ago. No, no right to keep going. I, Monstrous. I, I didn't think Divine Shadow would stay, and sort of uh, dispelled that rumour. Uh, Kiora Star, well, there's no reason Kiora Star can't win again um, with Kira Yule on board. And then we've got Lucky Lakdar on Sax on Sax Off. Oh, we'll just you, bowl along out in front on a wet track. You got so. there eventually. I was, I was, oh, I was hoping you were going to oh get God. there. Sax on, yeah, Sax no, Off, look. one of our all-time faves here at the 1-1. 
Oh, favourites isn't a word I'd use, but um, yeah, no, he is one of our favourites. The good memories outweigh the bad. I, th- I think they do. I'm not sure. Um, British two, two, in a, two in a row. Me. Two in a row for Saxon. Surely, mm, Terry. Hey? Nah, 20, 24 days between runs. That's not Saxon's go either, surely, is it? I had actually hopped into one of the Brian Rogers runners yesterday in Fry's Gift. It was a late scratching, uh, disappointingly. Not sure if it would have beaten Zephyr Queen the way she won mm, that last. But she um, nah, good luck to, to them. I hope they... I hope they don't win uh, on sex on sex <laughs> off. So, but, but good luck. British Bessie for me. Alan's going to park midfield, get the right card into it. And a horse we saw only beaten three and a half in a Perth Cup is going to prove too classy for these runners. Fourth up, cherry ripe, Bessie time. BJ. Yeah, it's 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 rare that you're more bullish on Bessie than than me, Terry. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, concerning yeah so but um i just i just have to go again with picture perfect i I thought he was the winner uh in a similar event last last saturday pikey almost almost rode him too well um in that um in that race it's just barramagic sort of got back and made a sweeping three four five wide run with momentum it was his turn divine shadow was three wide no cover um uh, I think uh, Robbery Galore might have run fourth in the race, um, was three wide with cover, ran fifth actually. And, and Picture Perfect was sort of um, caught up between runners, wasn't able to build momentum. I think he's more of a one-pace sort of grinding, staying type and um, just sort of had to chop and change course a couple of times in the straight, was doing his best work late. I'd sort of compelled to to go again uh, with Picture Perfect. I think Pikey would have would have learned a couple of couple of things. Hopefully with uh, Lucky Lacta on um, Saxon, they bowl along a bit out in front. Midnight Banquet can also set a good clip, so which hopefully can create a little bit of separation for and a bit of breathing room for Picture Perfect to, to work into some clearer galloping room earlier. I think Pike presenting this fellow at the right time, grinding his way. Uh, I think he can grind his way to victory. British Bessie, obviously a genuine winning chance. Um, she's I think she just uh, – I agree with Terry. I think that was a bit of a pipe opener for her back to the mile last Saturday. Stuck to the inside, which probably wasn't really the place to, place to be. Wasn't overly taxed, I don't think, late in the race. And obviously, Divine Shadow, like, it was just it was just so big in defeat last Saturday. Three wide, no cover the entire first crack at 2,100 metres with top weight. Um Gate one, is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing on Saturday for Devon Shadow? Yeah, we'll wait to see how that plays out. But um, but for me, picture perfect on top, and I and I, I'm especially with Terry's confidence, I'm going to have to have something on British Bessie, I think. But um, so don't let one of your favourites go around with nothing on, can you? Cannot, cannot. So yeah, mm. they're the two for me. Either one of those two will win picture perfect or British Bessie. Yeah, I'm probably not bold enough to say one of those two will win. I, I don't think uh, if you play field quaddy, you might not be too disappointed here. It wouldn't surprise me to see a uh, an absolute bowl to get up. But um, yeah, British Bessie for me, uh, 1.4 lengths. Get out stakes, BJ. Ah. 1.4, 1.42. 1. 1. 1.42. 1. Okay. You heard it here first. Um, the, Having a crack. The early, got the early mail there on the uh, on the get out stakes punters. So, yeah, that, that brings to a close what, what is an absolute cracking day, Belmont Sprint Day on, uh, on Saturday. Certainly does. 
I'm, uh, I'm not, I think uh, it'll be one of my lower turnover days in regards to the punt. Uh, but I do think um, we've suggested some value throughout. So I don't think it'll take too many winners to have a, uh, to have a good day. But um, with the inclement conditions we've had during the week, I wouldn't be, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be remortgaging the house to have a crack at anything. That's, let's just say that. Okay, Terry, it's time for our best betting proposition of the day. Lead the charge. What have you What have you come up with? It's not really a day for big betting propositions, as I've alluded to probably 12,000 times already. Um, race six, BJ's, where we're going to attack. Um, we are going to play the uh, the Kendall's Me Dad and Costa Del Santo double. Costa Del Santo? Costa Del Santo. It's not Nick Del Santo, is it? Costa Del Santo double. Um, Hope it's not Nick Del Santo. I don't know if he was no. a good wet wet. Wet track player, Nick Delson. Nah, raking left foot, though. Mm, very neat. Very neat. Rarely missed a target. Didn't get, my, didn't get too many hard balls. <laughs> I, uh, I suspect, uh, look, we can get about $5.50 and double figures for Kendall's, me dad. Same stake on both, making Kendall's the better result. But that's my, uh, that's my best betting race and my, my best bet for the day. Okay. Um, believe it or not, I'm most confident. Uh, my best betting proposition of the day is in the hardest race of the day, just about, the Velvet King, Belmont Sprint. Uh, the King. Yep. I just, uh, from a, I mean, obviously there's a few easier races to play into, but you're taking pretty short quotes earlier in the day. But for me, I'm going to go bold in the Belmont Sprint, the Velvet King all the way. Very good. I like it. As I said, I, I don't think you'll be far from the money. Mm, okay, Maddie, Maddie time. So anyone who's mm. not familiar with our Maddies, we try to throw something out 20 to 1 plus at uh, time of recording. Um, Terry, I think I know where – I think you've already outlined where you're going with your Maddie. You just want to just confirm, lock it in for the listeners? Double digit. Just saw 61s. Oh. Bang, get on board. Let's, let's absolutely go to – let's not go to town on it, but double digit. Easy decision for me, Bernard. Okay. So for me, my Maddie comes up in a little bit obscure, I suppose, but in the two-year-old race, a horse by the name of Second mm-hmm. Choice. I haven't minded this horse's mm. trials. It was scratched from Belmont yesterday to, to go around in, uh, in this assignment. Trials have been good. Jade on, I can see a bit of $34 on board. I don't, I think it's trials have been as good as First Law, as good as Iron Sharp. Um, and they're, they're what, both, uh, eight, nine, $10 chances. So you're getting three times the price. Um, about, Second choice, I reckon that's a reasonable, reasonable mad. He does run into Dunbar, but uh, but could be over, could be inflated place price there. So second choice for me, mad. You've had a pretty good little record recently. I don't, you haven't jagged one yet, but a lot of your uh, maddies in the two-year-old races have uh, have run places at fairly big prices. So uh, yeah, for those not looking to hop into the shorts about Dunbar, there might be something there. Bj, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, fingers um, crossed, fingers crossed. Now you've got a deep. Black book, uh, always uh, keeping it very mm. up to date with the goings on. Terry, what what are you prepared to share? <laughs> what are you pre- prepared to pass on to the faithful? We'll talk about a couple we're not prepared to pass on on, on Sunday and Monday. Uh, what are we prepared to pass on? Well, I, I tweeted yesterday after false statements, Victory, that I believe I don't like to, to black book horses that uh, – well, not black book. I don't like to promote horses that just win races because um, that's obviously stating the obvious. Um, but in this case, BJ, it wouldn't be a false statement. 
okay. Good stuff. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for you to catch on there. That was good stuff. Very humorous <laughs> stuff there, Terry. Um, false statements at four date the trip. Uh, if you go through its entire career, I, I messaged him yesterday after the win. He said, yeah, yeah, whatever. I said, mate, that should have won seven of its 11 career starts. Had one taken away with the DQ. Um, sat deep the trip numerous occasions. It's stiff, yeah, a few times. Poorly, yeah. yeah, and it's always well backed. I think they know how good the horse is as well. So watch... Um, False statement, go through the grades. I've mentioned this horse before, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. Strato Creed continues racing in way out of its depth and continues to go back to last from wide gates. It continues to hit the line brilliantly, running good splits. Mm. It is flying for the new yard, um, and Strato Creed will win the right race um, when uh, when they finally draw a gate. Uh, another horse i got a fair bit of time for uh, who just is consistently... Well, I've been pretty disappointed with the placement in the last couple, is Oihana. So Oihana was in the country challenge final last week, BJ, um, and never got to the top. And I think it's going to be a far better horse when finding the top was on that cold rail we discussed. Plotted away fine with, with Benny Patterson on. Look for a race in the country they can lead, um, I think. I think she's only a class two, so they could, they're definitely eligible for something uh, far easier. I think the horse has a stack of ability. We may see a price about it. Uh, the final one. I have to mention Paris and George B. Day. I reckon they would have learnt their lesson. I reckon the stable would know. They might not say it publicly. They would know that was a horrific ride. Um, and I think that uh, it wins basically anything it can test next start at a wide open Belmont, getting wide and going through the gears. BJ. All right. Thanks, Terry. My horses to follow from uh, – I got a couple from last Saturday. I flagged no apology in my pre- – in in the on the podcast last week as a horse I wanted to keep an eye on. He ran really well, especially considering the you know, he was I think he was rails in run and he fought on bravely in the showmanship race. So I think he can be followed with confidence moving forward. And um I didn't mind the first up effort of Giraffe. Um Neville Parnham trained he's a been around for a while now. I think he's had a few few issues, especially over the last 12, 18 months, but his best is is really good. He um, he worked the line nicely uh, last Saturday. I reckon he um, if he stays sound, then uh, Neville Parnham's going to have a bit of fun with him, this preparation. Um, but it, it would be remiss of us not to raise a horse by the name as, of Choreograph in our Black Bookers, Terry. Yes, it certainly would. You didn't uh, lead that sting, did you, BJ? Certainly did not. Um, so, for those who uh, who missed the uh, the plunge last, was it last Thursday? I think it was uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. One of the one of the two. Yeah. Uh, choreograph having its second start in Western Australia was tens into fives, I think officially, um, probably um, more than that um, on the earlier markets. Uh, leaders back, Clint Johnston Porter, and it just never got out until the race was all over. Sick beat, wasn't it? All one of the all-time sick beats, especially if you were involved in that <laughs> sting. Uh, if you're involved in a sting like that, that can be a, a once in a, a blue moon type sting. And there, it is a nice feeling being involved in one of those. We saw one with Suspectus yes. during the week. Went to Steel Casey first up was, oh, I think I saw as high as nearly 25 to 1 with some of the agencies. Jumped sub five bucks with all the totes and uh, one like it was Winks, one like it was Windstorm. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, good on them for getting the cash. There's nothing wrong with that. They've just got a horse. They've got it right and they've told people. We have this right, so here comes the money. So good on them. That's going to continue to happen. But yeah, bad luck to the uh, the team with the choreographed punch. That's 
<laughs> oh my god he, oh, that's oh yeah Jesus Christ I don't even want to think about being part of that I'd feel sick for weeks yeah so if you missed so, it I, I apologise if you missed it go back and catch the replay that- how about we get to anyone that was part of the choreographed plunge and they can prove it we'll, uh, we'll get them a 1-1 one, one pod racing pack we'll get them a nice jumper and a hat sent out that'll, that'll make it all okay get that? them a beanie get them a beanie Terry and uh, all- I'll see if Luke, I'll see if Luke's willing to handle that <laughs> And uh, I'm sure, sure that'll that'll soothe some of the the pain uh, following following that setup. Um, but yes, so uh, interesting. Interesting. I just thought we'd uh, we'd we'd, mm. we'd touch on the the choreographed plunge that, geez, narrowly uh, went amiss last Thursday at Belmont. Um, moving on now, I'm I'm jumping the gun, but. Um, I usually just launch straight into the top-notch trailers, but I better ask you this time, Terry. Have you got anything for the top-notch trailers segment? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, now, for me, it uh, it there was – still Casey, did you mention still Casey? Um, you just did, didn't you, about Suspectus yes. yesterday? Yes. He looks like he's got a rather nice two-year-old by the name of Better in Kit. It's had three trials for three wins – um, looks looks like a really nice horse. Um, now, better in kit and a horse by the name of Bragwell from the Steve Wolf stable, they cleared out, uh, I think it was like 10 lengths back to the third horse in a trial at Belmont on Tuesday. Now, I think you can put both of those horses um, in your black book, better in kit and Bragwell. They're two-year-olds with very bright futures um, as well as a horse by the name of Roman Law. Roman Law is a Cerise and White, uh, Peter's investment, Grant William, Grant and Alana Williams, two-year-old. It, um, it was a very, very smart trial um, back on uh, the 11th of May, so um, a few weeks ago now. But uh, they're three two-year-olds with very bright futures. Don't miss them. Better in kit, Roman Law and Bragwell. Keep an eye on them, Terry. Very good. Any more? That's it. That's it. Ah, that's it. Oh, actually, I sorry. Really, I can't really I can't really complain, can I, seeing as I've rolled out with zero again. Sorry, just before we move on, everyone was uh, would have seen KC's uh, sharp trial win at Belmont on Tuesday. Look, the goods, and she's going to be mighty hard to beat um, in the Rackin- first up in the Rackin' Tour Stakes next Saturday. I will uh, ask people to have a look at the trial by Western Pride. I thought she mm, was she. I, say that I, th- I thought she just glided to the line, whereas Stevie Parnham was asking quite a lot of KC, um, which was expected because it's going to be going into a forty hundred meter race first up. So they needed to really get the the um, race day conditions, you um, know, in, in a way into into the Group One winning KC. But I just really liked. The, the way that that Western Pride closed late under a under a um, cold pike, so um, she looks uh, she look she's unbeaten um, now with Adam Durant. She looks like she's uh, she's going to be very hard to beat when when she emerges as well. So very classy horse. Looking forward to seeing her in action in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very much uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Western Pride uh, back in action. One of my favourites, Western Pride. Really liked. Uh, yeah, always a uh, quite exciting. Thoroughbred, BJ. Okay, and lastly, last thing you'll hear from me, whatever happened to, I, um, I'm i keen to know where where and what they are doing with Cockney Crew, Terry. Mm. Have you heard anything about Cockney Crew? No, I haven't actually. I haven't. Yeah, uh, might be might be interested to touch base with the with the camp just to find out where where he is at. Obviously, he was he was uh, earmarked for a um, successful Ascot 
spring summer campaign um, was probably heading to. I think he was even accepted in the railway stakes and was was later scratched. Um, didn't go to the railway stakes. Didn't go to the Perth Cup. He uh, hasn't been cited in um, in anything in 2020 as yet. So looking forward to touching base with the camp, the stable, and just finding out what the plans are for Cockney Crew in 2020. I was actually going to um, message you and ask you about one during the week, and it was nommed and scratched. It was Elite Street. I was doing some uh, levitate form, actually, and I came across when uh, the Danny Morton trained uh, Elite Street only had the one start. Kieran McAvoy rode that day. It's that deep, the trip, and I was actually going to ask you about that, but it looks like um, we might not have to wait too long. I saw it nommed as well, yeah. Yeah, so we might yeah. not be. Uh, it might not be far away. Every time one of these whatever happens to come to our head, it just means... They're back at the racetrack, so very good luck, Charm. Bit of spruik too mm, uh, before 100%. Elite Street's debut, and it went good. Should have won. Should have won, yeah. yeah. Should have won, yeah. I think it was won by Kira Yule that race, actually, BJ. Correct. We've got yeah, dreams. we've yeah. got dreams. Exactly. I was on course that day. It was quite a, quite a good day out. So anyway, I think that brings us uh, to the end of a, another episode, BJ. Correct, Terry. Thank you very much. No, it's a pleasure to join you, uh, as it always is. Still, uh, still long range, but hopefully in a in a couple of weeks we can get back to um, uh, we can find a location and we'll get back to uh, seeing each other's uh, beautiful faces again. But uh, in the meantime, I do appreciate the work. Probably the uh, the unsung hero of the one one pod i appreciate the work of our uh producer jen your sister so thank you to jen for all her hard work in making us uh sound somewhat presentable and putting <laughs> this package of uh this this couple of misfits together and uh making it listenable for the three or four listeners we have across uh western australia so thank you to to jen for um for all your for all your hard work in the background. Good luck to everyone on uh, on Belmont Sprint slash Windstorm Day. Um, don't be hopping into anything too short for the old Stormer. As, as exciting as he is, he's going to need a, a little bit to go right from back in the field, but um, I'm pretty confident we'll see the, the big fella return with a win. Enjoy your long weekend on the punt. Good luck to the Italian job on the Monday, and until next week on the 1-1. One, one.